You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is July 1st. 2021, and on today's show, we discussed the Nationals' blowout win over the Tampa Bay Rays yesterday. They earn a two-game sweep where the Nationals are right now in the National League East, and we look forward to a massive series this weekend with the Dodgers and the Nats in D.C. All that and more coming up on today's show. It was quite the night of athletic competition last night uh, across the board. So first of all, I want to say thank you for the Nationals for playing a game uh, late afternoon around 4 o'clock. That was really nice because we had the College World Series end last night, which I've been working on for serious. We had the uh, Suns and Clippers, and I'm a huge Chris Paul guy. So obviously that was nice. The Yankees had their gigantic collapse happen last night too. There was a Stanley Cup final game yesterday, so... You know, there's a whole lot happening, but I know for all you Washington National fans, the real show was at 4 o'clock, and the Nationals put on a show last night. A 15-6 win for the Washington Nationals sees them get to 40-38. and They are just two games back now of first place in the National League East. They get a two-game sweep against the Tampa Bay Rays, who are obviously the reigning AL champions from last year. What an impressive, impressive day for the Nationals' offense. Now, you might look at the score and you might say to yourself, 15 runs, our guy Kyle Schwarber had to have been on the act, been in on the act, right? No, Kyle Schwarber, no hits yesterday. Uh, Was hit by two pitches, 0 for 4, 3 Ks, 1 walk, 1 HBP. But yesterday belonged... To actually, I mean, it belonged to Trey Turner. It's his birthday, so so you know, happy birthday, Trey. We love you. Uh, you know, he. We talked about him a couple weeks ago. Obviously, the idea of trading him. Um, the the conversation about trading any Nationals players has completely changed, and this goes back to what we talked about on the past three or four shows, right? The fact that that front three, not all three guys have to show up, and they don't always have to show up all the time. Right, all three, you know th- those guys don't hurt you in the first inning. They might hurt you in the in the fourth, uh, or the or the seventh, or the eighth, whatever it is. The other guys made sure, hey Schwarbs, we got you today. Trey Turner goes four for four. He gets the rest of the day off in the seventh inning, but more importantly, Trey Turner goes for the cycle on his 28th birthday. Trey Turner is now the uh, tied for the most cycles in Major League history. He's got three of them. And he is a guy that clearly at this point was snubbed from the All-Star game. He's hitting 318, 367 on base, the 513 slugging. A guy who did a lot of damage yesterday as well was Juan Soto. He goes three for five uh, as well as a walk, drives in two runs. He's now hitting 280 on the year, the 400 on base percentage. And guess who backed up those boys right there? It was Josh Bell who went two for three with three RBI and two walk. And also behind him, Jan Gomes. And behind him, Stalin Castro. Gardo Parra got in the act. Jordy Mercer goes two for five and also goes deep. And Josh Harrison goes two for two as well. The Nationals offense had it all working on a day where John Lester did not have much working. The Nationals 
came in and delivered. We'll have more on it in a second, but first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the best place to find affordable parts for your car or truck. Go to rockauto.com today to see thousands of parts from hundreds of manufacturers, whatever you need, whether it be carpet, motor oil, uh, brake lamps, whatever it is, they've got it there at rockauto.com. And also the best part, the prices are always reliably low and the same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. Go over to rockauto.com today. Check out that great selection right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box. That way they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. So yesterday's game, it was it started off not great, uh, you know, the Nationals. It was a pitching matchup that was going to be uh, one that, you know, for the for the Rays, they do this thing where they, they use a guy who's a quote-unquote starter, right, a, a bullpen guy who they, that they were out there. And actually, they've been pretty consistent in that stretch. I believe Bob Carpenter yesterday said that I think they're 8-5 and five, um, on the on – you know, the last couple of seasons by using a guy who is a quote unquote, once again, starter a guy who's not a traditional bullpen guy, um, drew Rasmussen against Kyle, Sch- or Kyle Schwarber against John Lester yesterday. And it got off to a rough start for Lester. You know, the, I, I thought the Rays offense against Lester was really locked in the rest of the way they weren't. But at, at that point was just far too late. First inning, you get a sacrifice fly from Randy Arozarena that scores Manuel, uh, Manuel Margot. And then later on in the inning, you get a uh, home run from Diaz. So Yandy Diaz takes uh, takes John Lester deep, and the Nationals are already in a 2 nothing hole by the time they go up the plate the first time. But as this offense has done many times before, they, del- uh, you know, at least recently, not, not a lot. They were not known for this a couple weeks ago, but now uh, the Nationals offense is very well known for having a response. Josh Bell singles into center field. Trey Turner and Juan Soto both score. The Rays answered, though, two-run shot from Mike Zanino in the top of the third. But what the Nationals do, they came back. Soto, Bell, and Castro all singles, and they drive in four runs in the bottom of the third inning. But another answer from the Rays. You're saying, come on, the Nats offense is putting up good numbers. Why, why can John Lester just hold them off for a little bit? You get Randy Arozarena doubling, scoring Michael Brasso. But the Nationals get a Trey Turner home run in the fourth inning, which put him just uh, just shy now of the cycle at that point. You know, talk about it at that point, Trey has already got the double. He has got the single, and all he needs is the triple, and he eventually gets that in the bottom of the sixth inning. Uh, but I want to do want to mention the fifth. Jordy Mercer did homer. It was a big home run to make that game 8-5. to five. Nationals adding on in that sixth inning with Juan Soto's single that scores uh, Trey Turner and a Starlin Castro home run that scored Juan Soto. Gomes, Harrison, and Robles all drive in runs later on in the game. The Nationals win this thing by a score of 15-6. to They were all over them from the jump. And this Nationals offense, once again, passing that baton. If you look back at their last few games or the last week or so, the numbers that they're putting up, the offensive numbers, just saying from a pure run perspective, are just better than what they've been doing for the majority of the season. You go back and you look, you look at some of those scores, man. I mean, even from the, those games that they were winning, right? This is from the, the beginning of or kind of the middle point of June. There's some 5-2s 
You know, a lot of low numbers, but you, you kind of look at what the Nationals offense has been doing lately. There's a 15, there's an 8, there is a 7, a 13, a 6. You know, these are bigger numbers for them offensively. They've been putting up in the month of June, and they continue to play some of their best baseball. Once again, the Nationals were nine games under 500 on June 12th, and now they are two games over 500. They are two games back in the National League Eastern Division. They are one of the hottest teams in baseball, and it's because of that lineup. The pitching, yes, it's been timely and it's been helpful, but you can't act like uh, that's been the reason why the Nationals are on the streak. It's the offense. It's turned it around completely, and it's been able to help uh, lessen the burden from what's happened with, with that pitching staff. We talked about it ad nauseum about, you know, uh, Daniel Hudson is that eighth-inning guy, goes down. Then ta- then Kyle Finnegan is that eighth-inning guy, goes down. Tanner Rainey gets the eighth inning. He goes down. You know, losing those three guys, they lost Luis Avila. And obviously, Steven Strasburg is on the men, uh, or, you know, hopefully he's going to be on the mend. Uh, you know, you talked about also Eric Fetty, a guy who's been there. They have all these guys who have been struggling with some kind of injury this year, but the Nationals at this point are using the offense to kind of piece things together. And it bears mentioning last night, you know, who are the guys that came in for the Nationals late in the game? It was actually a really good opportunity to get some guys into the game who the Nationals might have to be relying on, like Andres Machado, a guy that had not pitched in the major leagues since 2017, he got the nod last night to come in in relief uh, of John Lester. So he gives up two scoreless innings and three Ks on 27 pitches. Ryan Harper obviously has seen some time up in the major leagues, but uh, Kyle Lobstein, who Kyle Lobstein, friends, they mentioned this in the broadcast yesterday, was on the Tigers rotation in, in the last part of that season, at the very end of the Tigers 2014 season, when they had David Price, Max Scherzer, Rick Porcello and Justin Verlander. The fifth guy in that rotation was Kyle Lobstein, and he uh, he ended up showing up for the Nationals yesterday. That pitch. Now it didn't go well for Mr. Lobstein, but he was back in the major leagues, uh, and, and you know for him, they might need him because of how shot the bullpen is right now in terms of injuries. So he gets to pitch. Uh, you know Kyle McGowan comes in and pitches as well. Good opportunity to get those guys some reps. And the Nationals end up winning this game 15-6. I do have to mention there's one negative thing, is that John Lester's performances continue to be uh, continue to be subpar. At this point in the year, he's 2-3 with a 5.34 ERA. They had him stick out five innings yesterday because they needed him to. And he ends up going five innings, seven hits, five earned runs, three Ks, two walks, five earned runs as a, as a total and I'm not a guy who likes to say somebody's shot, tell somebody when to retire, but this version of John Lester really, I mean, for a competitive team, it can't be a starting pitcher. You go back to that first start he made. Five innings, five hits, nowhere in runs, only 1K, two walks, eight ground balls in that game on 70 pitches. That's the kind of outing that will get the job done. But, you know, for him, and even at this point, with, with the way the offense is playing, if you give up three runs in five innings, it gets the job done. Hell, five runs in five innings got the job done for him the other day. But Connor Jones was texting me, you know, and once again, a good friend of mine, Nationals fan, obviously a guy who's been on this show before, knows baseball really well. And, you know, you can, when you get offensive performances like this, sometimes you forget about the pitching. You say, well, you know, well, it's nice. 
you know, but but you can only do that if it's a day where it's a guy who is not normally a good pitcher, right? So last week, Eric Fetty had a rough outing against the Phillies, but the offense picked him up. And you say, well, Eric Fetty is one, not a normal starter. Two, has been really good as of late. Uh, and three, you know, has obviously been dealing with some injury issues and whatnot this year. So for what Fetty has given the team, uh, you know, he's al- he's allowed to have a dud. And, and the offense picked him up. For John Lester, it's not a situation where you can sit there and say, um, yeah, the offense can just pick you up every single time. Look, in the last six games that he's pitched, the Nationals are 4-2, and two, but here's the thing is that it's not always been uh, John Lester being the guy. I mean, his best start that he made this year, in my opinion, was the one that he made against the Mets. Six hits, seven, uh, six innings, excuse me, seven hits, two earned runs, six Ks uh, against the Mets. I thought that was his best outing of the year where he gives him 100 pitches. The problem is, is he followed that up with uh, two and a third innings, five hits, seven earned runs against the Marlins. And then yesterday, five innings, seven hits, five earned runs. You know, those performances, you're stacking up big numbers now being allowed. And the Nationals, if they want to continue to be successful, I mean, you can't rely on the offense to bail out that kind of performance every single uh, night in and night out. On the month, y'all, I mean, he is... He's got a 5.79 ERA in six starts. He's gone 28 innings. So you kind of aggregate that out. And I mean, 28 innings, six starts, you know, he's not making it through five full innings. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not quite there. And that is the issue for the Nationals that they have to reckon with is, is the fact that, look, he can really get touched up. Or, you know, in the example of that race start that he made on June 8th and 3-1 loss, three and two-thirds innings, four hits, one or run. But he only makes it 91 pitches in three and two thirds. So, you know, and, and, and teams can really extend him in that way. Now, he can turn it around, and I, I think there's some good stretches that could be ahead of him. But the Nationals need more solid pitching from him because, sure, the offense is on right now, but we know this team is one that's trouble with offense. And I, I, you know, I feel pretty comfortable saying the offense for the Nationals has figured it out, but an injury could always see them get some regression. And they're going to need guys to step up. And look, Joe Ross and Eric Fetty, in my opinion, there's no question about it, have been much and much better than um, than than John Lester. You could argue those two guys actually have been better than Patrick Corbin some this year. Um, I think there's a lot of examples of them having better outings. Sure, they've had some some stinkers in there too, but those two guys have stepped up, and they need John Lester to step up too. They, they, he's got to begin to pitch better, or else um, if they can get somebody else to get that spot in the rotation, they should do it. Now, they don't have the arms to do it, but if they get Steven Strasburg back and they can go with a Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Joe Ross, and Eric Fetty five, they should do that. Those guys, in my opinion, especially Ross and Fetty, those guys right now give the Nationals a better chance to win baseball games than John Lester does. So I I think... If they can get all five of those guys back and healthy, yeah, I think you might pull the trigger on that. Or if Steven Strasburg, it turns out, does not come back, the Nationals should maybe consider going after an arm at the trade deadline, going after somebody to fill that spot of the rotation. Because right now, John Lester, every fifth day for the Nationals, once again, they're 4-2 and two in his last six starts. But uh, they do need to start making some considerations about that position. Because once again... I go back to Anibal Sanchez all the time because he displayed, right, this team is built off the three stars, the pitching, but 
How important was it to have that fourth guy in there? How important was it to have a guy like Anibal Sanchez, who the team really could depend on, who went on that long streak in 2019 where he was such an important part of the rotation, right? Every every fifth day, you could count on Sanchez to be there, and you could count on him to, to perform in um, some pretty impressive fashion. You know, that, that streak, once again, we talk about that streak pretty fondly. You talk about it because he was delivering for them. And it wasn't always about Scherzer. You know, it's always about those guys in the sense of that's who's going to talk about. But, uh, you know, people in the general the general kind of baseball zeitgeist are not going to be talking about a guy like that. And that's what you want almost, right? You want that guy to kind of be anonymous and uh, on a winning team and help a guy, help your team out every fifth day and not be a spotlight guy, not have that kind of, uh, you know, kind of heat on him, I guess you could say. But look, you, you go back to, I'm looking at his numbers from uh, from 2019 right now. In the five starts, uh, four starts that he made in the month of June, uh, you go back and, and you look there. He is a 1.65 ERA in, uh, excuse me, that's the month of May. In June, in 29 innings, 2.76. In July, 3.72. In August, 3.81. Sure, it gets a little bit it gets a little bit higher each time. And also you look in the postseason, the 18 innings he gave them, uh, 2.50 ERA. Obviously, yeah, that one the really one rough game uh against the Astros. But you think about the uh the game against the Dodgers that he pitched, and he was really strong in that one. Think about the game against the Cardinals that he pitched, where he was uh, freaking brilliant in that game. So that's the kind of guy. Now I'm saying he's got to deliver and be that be that great, but you think about what Anibal Sanchez delivered, and that's kind of what you want out of your number four starter. What you want a number four guy is somebody who's dependable every fifth day and feels like he's keeping you in baseball games. John Lester keeping them in baseball games because of the benefit of good offense is not is not desirable. Uh, it's not going to get the job done later on in the season. The Nationals, in my opinion, do need to start thinking about what that position, what that starting spot looks like if they are able to get Steven Strasburg back or, I mean, obviously right now they can't worry about it. I, I think the all-star break is a good time for them to sit back and kind of assess where they are with that. And with that re- really difficult stretch of games coming up here too, uh, I, I think, you know, bad performances might get magnified as the Nationals are now in a chase for first place, no pun intended, you know, with, with the writing. But yeah, that stuff's going to get magnified. So the Nationals might have some decisions to make because this team's not going to be sellers. It's pretty clear at this point with the way they put themselves and position themselves and the, and the way that this division has worked uh, with these teams being so injured and also uh, not performing consistently, the Nationals are in a place where they can take advantage. And that, spart, that, that spot excuse me, is something that they think they need to shore up or consider because with the way and how inconsistent the pitching has been this year, um, this is something that I think they want to address and they want to, to have down so they're not really kind of concerned about it as they head down the line. I would really say that, look, you can look across that lineup and sure, maybe they need another bat, not where they're hitting right now, but maybe they do need another bat. But I think it's pretty safe to say that if you're wondering what the biggest concern is, every fifth day, well, besides the bullpen being healthy, but every fifth day, John Lester starts uh, are not consistent enough. And it's not, it's not a spot you feel comfortable with. Even when he has a bad performance, you're not really comfortable with John Lester going out there the next time because you don't think the result's going to be much different. It's honestly a bit more surprising when he does pitch well at this point, especially against some of the better competition that the Nationals will face. All right, let's take one more break. When we come back, we will preview the Dodgers and Nationals series, which begins tonight at Nationals Park. But first, a word from our sponsors. 
Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place to get on all of your sports action, whether it be baseball, basketball, hockey, golf. All of those things are available at betonline.ag. If you go to betonline.ag today, you sign up on your uh, your iPhone, your laptop, your uh, whatever it is that you use to check the internet, you can sign up that way. Use the promo code Locked On. That's L O C K E D O N Locked On. You'll receive a fifty percent deposit bonus today at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we look forward now to the Nationals series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. It's a four-game set that begins tonight uh, at Nationals Park. And for those of you who don't know, uh, right now the situation, I want to address this outright, is uh, Trevor Bauer is currently under investigation for sexual assault. Now, Britt Giroli from The Athletic, who does absolutely phenomenal work, she came on the show at one point uh, last year, um, she is spectacular. Uh, it is worth going and reading the article that she has. I wish it were free. I really do think that articles like this should be free. This is not Britt's decision to make it, uh, but The Athletic is behind a paywall. But if you don't know what's happening this year, I would go and um, I would go and look that up to, to, to see to, to go and read it. It really is worth a read. But right now, Trevor Bauer is dealing with that. He is scheduled to pitch, and I'm not just saying this as a matchup thing. Uh, it's not really the, not really the point I want to make here. Um, he is he is scheduled to pitch this weekend. He's scheduled to pitch, I believe, on Sunday against Joe Ross. I doubt he makes that start. Uh, I I don't think that's going to be a game where we're going to see Joe Ross coming. Uh, excuse me, Trevor Bauer coming out to pitch. I think with the ongoing investigation, which once again I encourage you all to read. Um, I am not in the business of making any judgments on that. But if you go and read the facts, uh, it's a really brutal, sad, awful story. That once again, and it's until proven guilty in this country, but. It's a really difficult read, and uh, I, he should not be on the hill right now. He should not be taking the bump with, with the stuff going on. It's just, uh, to me, it would be unacceptable if he did, and I doubt the Dodgers let him do so. Uh, I, I think we're definitely going to see Trevor Bauer probably take a step back from baseball for right now, just with everything that's going on. If he pitches Sunday, I'll be absolutely shocked, so just keep that in mind. This weekend, though, four-game series against the Los Angeles Dodgers, who right now own the second wild card spot. They're 41 and 39, their second place in the National League West. They are behind the San Francisco Giants, and they are sandwiched between the Giants and the Padres right now. But the Dodgers, 41 and 38, uh, 41, uh, 49 and 31, excuse me, one and a half games back this year. They've won five consecutive games. Uh, they've got a plus 106 run differential. They're 28 and 13 at home. They're 21 and 18 on the road, so a pretty decent road team. And they'll come into this game, or these games rather, uh, lining up like this for your pitching matchups. First of all, though, we do start with the game times. I know you folks always uh, need to get that info because it, it matters. Your viewing schedule on this 4th of July weekend. We go Thursday, 7.05, Friday, 7.05, Saturday, 7.15 on Fox. And that Sunday, the 4th of July game, 11.05 Eastern Standard Time. Advantage Nats because guess what? That's 8.05 body time for the Dodgers. So uh, kind of advantage Nationals in that game. And also it's a Bauer game, so uh, not really sure he's going to be taking the mound for the Dodgers in that one. But your pitching matchups are going to be Patrick Corbin against Tony Gonsolin in the first game. Then to follow that up in the second game, you're going to get a duel of Max Scherzer and Julio Urias. 
That is must-see television with that one. Paulo Espino against Clayton Kershaw. Two aces battling out. Paulo Espino's couple starts have been awesome. He'll take the hill. The Nationals, you know, and, and look, he could get roughed up, but I think right now he's got to be honest. I think he'd tell you that he's pitching the best ball of his career right now. And then Joe Ross against Trevor Bauer, potentially right now. Um, also, too, I think it's 11.05 because the Nationals, it's a getaway day for them because uh, next week, folks, at least for, the, for Monday through Friday, if you are a fan of the Washington Nationals, get ready because the games are going to be late next week. 10-10, 10-10, 10-10, 9-10, 9-45. The Nationals are heading out west, people. Uh, and you know what that means. They head out west. It means some late times. But those are for the San Diego games and for the San Francisco games, too. So, yeah, four-game series. Once again, pitching matchups. Corbin Gosselin, Scherzer, Urias, Espino, and Kershaw. Ross and Bauer. Maybe. We, we don't. We doubt it. Um, and this is important four-game series. Both teams trying to kind of solidify themselves for the All-Star break. This is a difficult stretch for the Nationals. They play three teams right now that the season ended. Uh, would be in the playoffs. Obviously, they just played Tampa, who is in the same boat as that as well. But the Nationals are currently on a stretch. They played one with New York, two with Tampa, four with L.A., four with San Diego, and three with San Francisco. So this is a really difficult stretch. Right now in the stretch against those playoff teams, the Nationals are 3-0. and For the Dodgers, this is the stretch where the Nationals can really make a statement. If the Nationals continue to play this way, people, look, they're <laughs> – Watch out. We, we've said this, and we talked about it, and I'll, they'll kind of leave this as, as my parting thought. Um, the Nationals are plus 3,000 right now to win the – actually, I think it's higher than that. Let me go check what the, what the wager I placed was. I, I, I looked at the odds. I was texting Connor Jones last night, texting me about what the odds were for the Nationals to go ahead and win the National League East. Uh, and we looked at them. He texted me and said that the odds right now, it is plus, oh, they're 35 to 1, all right? So the Nationals are 35 to 1 right now to win, or maybe 30 to 1 in some books. That is a good wager because to me, if the Nationals make the playoffs, and that's a big if still. They've got a long way to go, and they've got a lot of stuff to iron out, and they've got to play a lot of difficult teams. The last 70-game stretch, I was actually talking about it yesterday, Connor, it's a relatively easy Part of their schedule. This meet. This is the meat of the schedule right here. This is this is the uh, very challenging part for them. If the Nationals make the playoffs, then I mean, there's no reason not to bet on them because there's no team that's longer on playoff experience. That's that's a team that's better to get into the dance and making the most of their opportunity than this team. And they're chock full of champions. Very few players on this team. Very few guys, I think actually a majority of them you could say, are world champions. Go to that pitching rotation. And I know all these guys could be in the different capacities. Uh, and John Lester remains to be seen if he's still on the team. Scherzer, Strasburg, Corbin, Lester, Fetty, Ross. Every guy right now they can throw is technically speaking a World Series champion. Has been with the Nationals for that World Series run. All of those guys... Were a part of it. Daniel Hudson was a part of it. All of these guys have been to that mountaintop and have contributed in some way, shape, or form. Schwarber, Soto, Turner, Zimmerman, Gomes, all of those guys, Robles, all of those guys are also have been part of World Series champions teams. They're, they're long on experience. 
They've been there before. I don't think there's a team that they can meet in the playoffs right now. You know, if they keep playing like this, that's really going to scare them. And if they can get the pitching figured out, they can get some more consistency in the starting front. You got to watch out. Now, there's a long way to go. But right now, at 35, 30 to 1, wherever you get the Nationals at, it's worth a little bit of a look. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Coverage this weekend hopefully will be more cons- uh, be consistent, uh, as consistently as we have been lately. I work the early shift tomorrow morning, so uh, we'll get a show out hopefully tonight following the Dodgers and Nationals game this evening. But yeah, we'll have some coverage this weekend of the series. And obviously, you can always check back on Monday, too, to see what you missed if you're going away this weekend. Once again, follow us on Twitter at L underscore Nationals. Follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Until next time, my friends, as always, stay safe. <laughs>